I've seen these all. You've seen one cathedral. You've you've just seen them all, haven't you? No, you haven't. You categorically haven't. You have. You have. You've seen every single one. I'm your host, Philippa War, and joining me today, as usual, are the delightful Brendan Caldwell. Hi. <laughs> and the delectable Adam Smith. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> I was waiting for the other hello. I was like, is it? Is hello. It okay. <laughs> How are You're you? You're delectable, Adam. Delectable. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's an upgrade. Level up. Well, I thought delicious might be inappropriate. I st- well, yeah, I still think it's... delectable is pretty inappropriate. Well, I suppose so. <laughs> I could have had detectable. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Just that my microphone is like recognizing his existence. How was Gamescom? It was tiring, wasn't it? It's always tiring. Um, so me and Brendan were there together, which is nice because I normally do it on my own. Um, yeah, it was good though. I, did you have a good time, Brendan? I had a great time. Uh, it was very stressful, <laughs> and very loud. <laughs> I had a headache at the end of every day. Um, I probably played about two games the whole time. Um, I talked to a lot of people, and yeah, I don't know. It was my first one, so it fi- and I've just come back to the UK for for a while now, and uh, yeah, it was a bit of a <laughs> culture shock, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Gamescom is going to be like from zero to a hundred. Yeah, so I was kind of like Adam's um, like sidekick <laughs> along for the ride. <laughs> nice. Aw, I was going to actually ask you about the games that you saw, but but I thought I thought we could do it in a kind of quick fire, quick fire ish way um where because you saw so many things like when you actually like typed them all out it was mind-blowing i don't know how you fitted it into that short space of time um but i figured uh i would challenge you to sum up some some thoughts on them in one to three words one to three words one to three, yeah. so two words average <laughs> it's up to you how you use your word count brendan you're a writer <laughs> All right, five five words then. <laughs> God, I'll edit them down afterwards. Um, so yeah, does that sound fun? Does that sound? I mean, you know, you could just have a revolt and go off and stage your own I, I podcast. Think, I think three to five words. No, I think one to three. Come on, let's challenge ourselves. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, I am going to start with tyranny. It's, I, I don't know. I've not played Tyranny, so this is the problem. Why did you say um, you'd played it? 
I know. No, no. I I went and interviewed them about the expansion, uh, oh. but I've not actually played the original, so so I don't really know what is. Okay, this the is summaries terrible. didn't play it. Right. Didn't play it. <laughs> Haven't played it. Haven't played it. Okay, fine. Final Fantasy fifteen. Brendan. Japanese. <laughs> is that it? Well, the, it was because I was doing an interview in translation with the director um, and I hadn't really done many or any translation interviews before. So that was the biggest thing in my mind throughout that entire process was that some that there was Japanese happening in the room and it was really throwing me off. <laughs> so Japanese to English is your experience of... Translation would have also <laughs> yes. been a, a decent word to use. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting that, like, the one to three word constraint is maybe not where either of you are the most comfortable. I've got it now. I'm I'm good now. Tyranny was the only one that I was ever going to stumble on. Okay, Crusader Kings 2. Probably final expansion. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Okay, dual universe. Uh, um, it might work. Ah, that's great. Oh, God. Cities, skylines, green cities. Accidental Silicon Valley. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Sims 4, cats and dogs. Uh, cats are better. <laughs> Life is strange before the storm. More youth tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Stellaris. <laughs> Robots gone wild. <laughs> Mountain Blade 2, Bannerlord. Death by hoof. <laughs> Lost Sphere. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to see that much of it. It was very... That was there. <laughs> Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Battletech. Still looks good. Divinity Original Sin 2. Has a face ripper. <laughs> Are we hyphenating face ripper? It's all one word, isn't it? Oh, it's embargo it? till Friday. Yeah, it's one word. It's a <laughs> it's a device. I think it's probably branded, so I it's... see. Has a face ripper, TM. Has a face ripper. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go into any more detail until Friday, though. But. SteamWorld Dig 2. Best game there. <laughs> wow. That I saw, that I played. Oh, so. okay. We, we should bookmark that for, for fuller coverage later. <laughs> um, God's Trigger. Co-op Hotline Miami. <laughs> It's really boring to say that, but that's exactly what it is. Need for Speed Payback. Fast. <laughs> and... And spurious. Say spurious. <laughs> spurious. Do you believe these words that you just said? <laughs> the first two, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dishonored Death of the Outsider. Uh, kill golf gods. <laughs> Overwatch. Uh, junk queen rules. 
Okay, the evil within two. Ev- extremely gory. I don't even have a third word. Just extremely gory. That's fine. Uh, Total mm. War Warhammer DOS. War <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> Where the water tastes like wine. Um, beautiful uh, American folk tales. Mm, Phantom Doctrine. Cold War XCOM. Monster Hunter World. Uh, Child Friendly Witcher. <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Assassin's Creed Oranges. Hmm. Uh... I'm just going to say Assassin's Creed RPG. Hmm. The Crew 2. Unnecessary aeroplanes. <laughs> Anno 1800. Historical city builder. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most boring one. I'm not ultimately sure that this segment worked. <laughs> I think that I think it, it was all worth it for um, Japanese. <laughs> just... I think if anything, it proved that Adam just saw like twice as many games as I did. I really liked how I apparently didn't initially read Anno eighteen hundred as like a, a year thing. I was like Anno one eight hundred, like one eight hundred what? <laughs> Who am I calling? <laughs> <laughs> oh so I learned a, a, a bit of trivia about the Anno games. So the all the Anno games are a date, mm. uh, Anno something, and that's the date this you're building a city in. And if you add up all the digits in each of the dates, they always add up to nine. I heard this. I think um, Phil from PC Gamer noted it. I don't know if it's like an actual. It must be a deliberate thing, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because they were saying that. Like, all the fans are always trying to guess what they're going to do next, and they've always wanted them to do a 19th century one. It's like, well, if we do, it's going to have to be 1800. And I'm just like, well, why be restrained by that? What if you really want to do 1850? Mm. And it's like, no, we can't do it. Like, hmm. That's I'm just looking forward to the one that they released that's just Anno 0009. Oh, it'd be good. They might start doing some future-focused stuff, though. They've like, done two future ones. They've done two future Have ones. they done, like, Anno yeah. 9000? No, they've done like I oh my god! I think it was twenty one forty two. Does that work? Yeah, that works, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And what about like there was there was one set on like in underwater cities and one set on a different planet. But they could also do like really far past ones. They could do like anno nine million BBC nine million BC. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that the positive thing I'll say about Anno 1800, it's really early, they just announced it at Gamescom, mm. uh, is that, thank God, they're actually doing a historical one again, because the sci-fi ones were rubbish. Uh, it's just not their strength at all. Um, so I'm glad they've gone back to doing historical ones. But I always have the thing, it's like, is it kind of arbitrary, whether it's 13... Now, 1341, I'm just trying to do nines. I don't know if that was the name of it. But 14th century or 19th century or whatever. Is it just arbitrary? Because they're like, you know, oh, you know, the 19th century is an age of discovery and invention. It's like, I'm pretty sure you said that about the 15th century when you made the game set then. Because you're not going to be like, we said it in the 16th century because agriculture is really dull. So we thought people would really want a game about that. 
you know you're always going to try and be like this is a really exciting period mm. but I, I wonder if the game underneath it is just pretty much the same game with different shaped buildings isn't that just life it is life Pip it <laughs> is life just reskinning humanity that's exactly what Brendan said we we stood in central Cologne looking at the incredible cathedral and he said, isn't it just the same as any other city with a different shaped building, though? <laughs> I was like, I've seen cathedrals before. I've seen these all. You've seen one cathedral. You've, you've just seen them all, haven't you? No, you haven't. Oh. You categorically haven't. You have. You have. You've seen every single one. You No, you haven't, because cathedrals take so long to build that they necessarily, like, involve so much of, like, local politics and things get changed and bits listen, get added. Listen, listen, I've seen... They're so... Oh! <laughs> Somebody studied this for, like, an actual degree. <laughs> Look, I reckon any one of us could just... Any one of us could just build a cathedral. They're not that difficult. Okay, fine. I'll be looking forward to your cathedral in when? I don't have the time. I've got to edit this podcast. It's got to. It's got to be a. It's got to be a year that adds up to nine, Brendan. Otherwise, you'll never get an Ubisoft oh, game no, made about this it. This is my weakness, Maths. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't build a cathedral because you're too busy editing a podcast. I think we should get back to games because that's the subject that we're talking about, and I'm not trying to change the subject or alter the conversation in any way. I'm just saying that maybe yeah, that's what we should do. How responsible of you. Um, <laughs> in that case, uh, the game that I have been playing uh, is Destiny 2. Would you like to talk about Destiny 2? I'd like to listen about Destiny 2 because I'm pretty much incapable of talking about it. Oh, well, I see. Um, it's in open beta on the... Uh, I was going to say on the laptop, but it isn't. It's on the PC, <laughs> more general. Um, and so I have been having a little go at all of the modes and all of the bits and pieces that are included within that. So you get a little smattering of story. Essentially, it's the... I think it's the stuff that most people will have seen if they've watched any of the live streams. It's, you know, your um, the the hub bit, uh, the main hub from the first game is under attack and you sort of, you are introduced to the main big bad of the game and then the story cuts out and you're left with a few uh, PvP things and a three-person PvE... Um, strike mission thing that you can drop into uh, and play with other people other people where have you spent most of your time then where have i spent most of my time uh in the crucible playing control which is their capture point mode uh and i so on the on the day that i started playing the beta it was you know how they have that thing of like oh if you've pre-ordered the game you can have like an extra day or an extra bit of time at the start before the open beta so all of the keynotes were there and were like wrecking house and i was like oh god i can't remember how to PC game FPS, oh god. Um, and then today, all of the uh, hoi polloi uh, <laughs> in the <laughs> nicest possible way arrived and suddenly I was like, and now I, Pip, can kill at least a few of you. <laughs> so that was nice. Um, and it's a lot like 
main destiny as main destiny original uh destiny as far as i can tell um it works really well on pc i only had a bit of stuttering in one game and i think it's because i ended up needing to tab out a couple of times so i think my pc actually just struggled with that but uh for the rest of the time it's been running really well and i have been you know owning fools and taking names uh, one of the names was Nipple Master. I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I, I believe I revived Nipple Master, <laughs> but that was in the uh, in the narrative. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, what would uh, as two people who I don't think really played much, if any, of the original, what what would you like to know? My uh, so, and this is coming from a point of complete ignorance. So don't don't laugh at me. Uh, I don't understand how the loot system works at all. So I'm going to ask the most basic question, which is: you pick a class, right? Uh, and then, do you get specific loot for that class, or is it like so? If I'm shooting people, do I get stuff that say I'm a warlock? Because I know you're always a warlock. Do the enemies then drop warlock loot, or is loot for everybody? Or do you, does the game assume that you're going to have like four or five characters that you run? Or do, so, do, do, does that make sense? Yeah, the game like you can have a character from each class. Like, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. It's more just about how much time you want to plug in and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and also, some people will run different characters because they're useful in different mission scenarios. Like, maybe you'd want a titan for some things and a hunter. Like, is better for your team composition somewhere else so that's one of the things and then in terms of how the loot works with guns you can have any character use any gun Um, but like the guns so in the original like guns could like bestow particular perks or you know and and some of that is to do with your playstyle. but some of it would like also be maybe a bit more useful depending on which class you were generally you get the stuff for your class and can then like rejig it um something i'm struggling to get a real feel for from this is that obviously you're playing a sort of relatively generic thing and they've gated off a lot of how you would customize the characters or how you would like tweak things and so it's really hard to get a feel for how much you can bend the the default to what you want to do like i can't at the moment get a real sense of how much i can for example reduce the cooldown time on my grenade whether that's a thing that i'll be able to affect you know significantly with different armor and different you know loadout basically different kind of character Mm. specs or whether that's kind of more hard coded and i'll have to get used to a slower pace in terms of what space magic i have available to me because i mean i i played it at e3 and i wrote an article about it then and that was pretty much not not entirely but pretty much my first exposure to destiny and i was just really surprised by how good it is just as a shooter because i didn't get to do any uh character customization i didn't even see what an inventory looks like i was just doing the campaign stuff um and i was just really impressed that it's a proper shooter because my impression of it had always been that it felt more like an mmo but with it with guns in it you know that um that it'd be lots of 
incredibly long health bars, you know. And I know that's probably the case with the bosses, but but I just thought it's really kinetic feeling, and you know, it's yeah, and I I really enjoyed it, but I didn't really get to see any of the inner workings of it. It was the most surface level experience, you know. Yeah, one of the things that I've seen people kind of bringing up as a complaint or as a potential complaint is the idea of like enemies that act as bullet sponges. Right. And that's always been a bit like I think that that fundamentally misunderstands or it hasn't been my experience of Destiny because you do have things that take a whole bunch of time to kill but certainly like as the as the game progressed and through more expansions and tweaks and things like that it very much was about um taking enemies down in smart ways you know so you'd end yeah, up yeah. with like so much stuff in your arsenal and you'd have weapons that um de- dealt particular types of damage or you'd have um builds that were particularly good against you know um, well, like, the things the... you were trying to do so it became more like a cerebral like how do i make this an easier task for myself because you could just you know stand there machine gunning something but i mean that's not the most interesting way of doing it and you'd find ways to to speed up the process or to make it better or i think that's that's the problem with when people say bullet sponge i think what they're worried about is something which takes up more of their time without actually asking more of them yeah if that makes sense yeah it was Um, very much being used in a kind of pejorative oh they just amped up this requirement without making it a better challenge yeah, and it's it's I think it's that that waste of time that people feel, and also I I feel like with bullet spongy things, I feel like there's inherent in that term is the idea that they're not reacting to you, mm. they're just like a big mountain that you're you're almost like a flea on their back and you're biting them, but they don't really even know you exist. Uh, so there's no kind of sense that they're you know even bothered that you're shooting them. I hate that. I hate like lack of. Um, reactive enemies it's just it, it's one of my pet peeves mm. um because you know what's the point in me spending 10 minutes of my time shooting a big monster in the face who doesn't even have the decency to flinch <laughs> you know come on <laughs> acknowledge me yeah exactly yeah <laughs> don't make me feel insignificant please <laughs> oh wow yeah like did you want to know anything about the the story side of things or is that like i i don't not in the slightest i don't care yeah does it have a story well it's oh it's one of those things where it's like oh you've you've lost your light and it's and i'm like i'm fine i'm fine with like wizard fairy tale like sci-fi gubbins that's fine it's more that like what I found annoying is that I felt like um, from what I saw in the in the beta stuff, it's so like watching a um, a cinematic that didn't seem to involve me for so long. Like, you know, it kind of kicks off, and you know, it's it's Cade who is voiced by Nathan Fillion, like striding into a room doing bants at people, and then they're suddenly under attack, and that it it felt more like watching a movie, and it didn't really feel like I was necessary or central to that, and then it kind of drops you in and you start doing things, but it's a bit like 
okay. Um, it did it you just didn't anchor me as quickly as I would. But hope. did you feel necessary or central to Destiny One story? Because I played a bit of it, and when everybody else is running around doing the same thing, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't feel like I was central or. I guess or that's like an necessary thing. at all. Um, because you know, like when everyone's like queuing up to give five mushrooms to like the same guy, it does start yeah. to feel a little bit like, uh, really, all of us? Yeah, we're all the chosen <laughs> one, aren't we? Like, <laughs> so like that's fine. I think it's more that um, so so what I struggled with a bit was that it doesn't really it doesn't remind me of what the tower is and what it looked like before it was under attack before it gets destroyed um and it doesn't give new players context for that and it might well be that that's actually in the game and it's like a big moment or something and it's just like not in this slice but like it just that's another thing where I was a bit like, okay, like it just it makes it so hard to evaluate because you're going. I think it's uh... probably the same bit that I played, like um, yeah, and everything's blowing up and there's big spaceships shooting things, and I was like, you know, uh, I I was fine with it. Not I didn't know what the tower was, mm. um, and I think somebody shouted at me in the comments when I wrote the preview because they were like, you know, I was just like, I'm on some spaceship, and they're like, it's not a spaceship, and I was like, oh well, it looked like a spaceship, and it was in space, and it blew up, and it was pretty rad, and uh, I think <laughs> and I was okay with ended that. up like triangulating its real coordinates on Earth because of like the the views that you can get from different bits, right? Of it. Well, I just thought it looked really spectacular and stuff was blowing up and I was fine with that. I didn't need context. Uh, and maybe it would have bothered me if I'd felt that I was supposed to have context because I knew a place. But to me, it was just, I'm in a place and it's blowing up. I better get the heck out of here. Yeah. And that was enough. That was fine. That was enough motivation, you know. Maybe I'm just um, looking at it with my... um with my Destiny 1 player glasses on. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Because yeah. I, cause I, I always worry that, yeah, yeah, maybe I need to play the first one or I need some context or I need to at least have an idea of the setting. But I thought it did a pretty good job of just, you know, setting the room you're in on fire, essentially, and saying you should probably get out of this room. <laughs> and it just does that on a massive scale. That's entirely reasonable. Yes, in that case, I retract my... <laughs> <laughs> did the did did you feel like when you were going through it because it's the main hub of the first game, isn't it? Like, yeah. Did you feel when you were going through it and everything was on fire and everything was blowing up and people were dead or robots were dead? Mm. Did you feel like oh no, this is heartbreaking to watch the the this really familiar place go up in flames? Or did you Not just kind of like shrug really. it off? Like I. Th- I think that's something that is that that prompted that. I wonder if they could have done it differently to to ha- have that feeling of that something has been lost or destroyed. Because I mean, this is possibly me just being forgetful or you know being eyes on the explosions rather than the other things. But like, it was only when I turned the corner and saw the main kind of plaza that I recognized it as the tower if you see what i mean like you're you're running through a lot of things that are on fire and then you round a corner and it's like ah there's the the main bit of it but but it wasn't i don't know like it it's such a i I think i realized it was such a transient space and so it wasn't like i'd lost um 
anything particularly meaningful because I didn't used to do anything particularly meaningful there. Like, I would spend a lot of time, you know, getting those engrams decoded or going to the vault to reorganise my shader collection and things. So maybe if they'd been like, see this, see your big box of shaders that you spent a very long time agonising over, I'm gonna blow it up. But short of that, it was like, okay, well, I, you know, it's kind of interesting to see that place again, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't have any emotional attachment to it. Fair enough. Hmm. I, I played through a little bit of it last night and I had no emotional reaction whatsoever apart from <laughs> this is some good shooting this is fun to shoot <laughs> mostly my strongest reactions have been yay I got a kill streak and oh god I hate hunters so much why are they not banned in this stupid game so, hunters yeah. are the other class right yeah so you've got warlocks who are kind of like space mages and you've got titans who are you know more tanky kind of biffy kind of class um and you've got hunters who are dicks okay. so you're gonna I, have to bleep that <laughs> i'm not just doing this to try and get more XCOM 2 into the Destiny conversation, but one of the things that's really strange about War of the Chosen is that it feels like Space Mages. Like, XCOM since Firaxis rebooted it has always had this kind of chunky sci-fi B-movie vibe to it. Um, it, it. You know, it feels like something which is just on the periphery of being sci-fi horror, but is kind of far too day-glow and full of heroic characters to actually be full-on horror. Um, and the expansion has these, my favorite settings yet, like environments, which are the old cities of Earth, because there are cities in uh, vanilla XCOM 2, but they're cities built by the aliens by Advent. So they're like these hyper mod, hyper futuristic, um, very clean utopian places that are secretly horrible, obviously. Um, but now you can go into the old cities of Earth, so like the old capital cities and old major cities, and they're just ruins, like twenty, but like early twenty first century ruins. So they look really familiar, but they're just full of dead people. And um, and there's a really nice callback when you first go into one. So the intro to the first game shows a pod landing, which uh, lets out like radiation that infects people. Um, and that's like the first sign of the alien invasion and you see these things still lying around still emitting radiation like 25 years later just surrounded by piles of dead people who are trying to escape from them and that's got this real horror vibe to it and uh, it's really well done but then the actual chosen these alien uh, supervillains supervillains is the right word because it's very comic booky uh, one of them's like a a mage i mean literally is i think it's called the warlock actually and has like magic and you know it's like using its hands to generate pulses of plasma and stuff and then one of them's an assassin and one of them's a templar so they are like fantasy archetypes uh, and it very much presents them as being this kind of you know they, they look like they could be leading armies in dragon age or something you know but they're now XCOM alien uh hero characters it's really odd it's a very strange mix of um visual designs uh, that's what happens at the end of destiny 2 at the end of destiny 2 you become one of these three characters depending on the class you've chosen that that would be great i mean they should be a crossover and then the final level of xcom 2 you blow up the tower and <laughs> <laughs> all pip shaders no my shaders target pip shaders for four action points oh this is the worst <laughs> oh, now 
now you all know what I really care about in this life. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I mean, the whole thing that XCOM Two is kind of done, which is very very clever, is the propaganda posters because they just get people to tweet pictures of them and they're like inbuilt memes. But like at the end of a mission or when someone gets promoted, uh, you can tell it to generate a poster and it can just randomly generate one and they're very silly. But um, I've got a character I'll send. I'll put a picture on this post of uh, of this character who is randomly generated. The, the characters can be random as well. You can create your characters, but um, you can even set sliders to say how often you want them to wear the more ridiculous clothes. So, like, you can set that really high, so you get like a big XCOM is basically like a Mad Max gang, or you can set it really low, so you have this fairly professional-looking military organization, then every now and then someone's wearing a skull on their face. Um, and this guy got generated for me, and he's just wearing like skin-tight leather underpants, it looks like, um, thigh-high boots, and has a purple gun that looks like a glow stick. And oh, wow. he just showed up one day. It's just like, you know, I'm here to fight the aliens. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Come on, get it. Come on in. <laughs> um, so every time I make a propaganda poster with him, it's just the best thing ever. Like, it just always looks like a party. I like this. I like how you're, you're kind of really going for the, you know, do you want to join the party bus also? Yeah, fight, definitely. Yeah. Good fight kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, also, you know, go into the former cities of our civilization and kill the the husks of humanity that are clinging on to some kind of unlife. You know, that's that's part of the job as well. But you know, do it with a smile. I feel like so. I feel like we should move on to properly talking about XCOM um, or the expansion, rather. So, is there anything that you wanted to cover off on on the Destiny side of things? I mean, I'm sure I've I don't think I've done a very good job of explaining it, but it's basically, yeah, it's a kind of space MMO uh, with where loot and character customization are the main draws of it, and you can't tell that from the beta, so... I mean, I, I, I having no draw from the character building or looting and customization or that, I really want to play more of it just because I like the shooting so much, and uh, and that's the thing that I keep going back to in my head, is that... Yeah, it's kind of an MMO, but it's it's a proper shooter. Um in a way that in a way that kind of uh you know, melee based MMOs are never good fighting games. Or are they? I mean I've never seen one. But um but Destiny feels like it can stand on its own as a shooter. Uh so uh, so I'll go on to XCOM two, which amazingly I do play with a joypad. I much prefer it with a joypad, which is I never thought that would be the case. Um I, I think I can't remember why, but I, I started playing with Joypad one day. This was back with XCOM one. Um and I just never stopped. I never went back to mouse and keyboard. It's just a really, really nice interface. It's it's really easy to to use and so uh I, I won't talk about it for too long because like I say Alex review covers most things. Uh I think it's a hell of a good expansion. Um it's one of those expansions that doesn't add to the end of the game. It's just something that's laid into the game, so you start getting stuff very early on. Um, in terms of how it works tactically, it's just it's so since Firaxis rebooted XCOM, the big difference between what they do and what the original XCOM did is all uh, tied to uh, the character classes in in original XCOM, the '90s XCOM. 
there are no character classes. Soldiers are just soldiers, and you give them equipment. Um, with um, Fraxis XCOM, you have different classes of soldiers, uh, and they have different abilities, and they level up in different ways. And War of the Chosen just takes that to like probably the ultimate degree where you have specialists from these three different factions that you can rescue your your own soldiers can get developed in all kinds of different ways and essentially every soldier is now a complete specialist um, there are no generic rookies anymore they come in as generic rookies but then very quickly they become something special so it's stopped being a game about uh normal people on the front line against an alien invasion and become a game a game that's about a bunch of superheroes fighting a bunch of supervillains you know it really feels more like marvel than it feels like um original xcom what's interesting is there are no real superhero games of this type there was the old freedom force game which was uh, a real-time tactical game but xcom is now probably the closest thing we have to an actual superhero strategy game and i find that quite incredible uh, that nobody's done that um, because it, it, you know, like the the idea of reskinning XCOM and turning it into different things, it would absolutely suit a kind of Marvel universe thing where you have the Shield carrier, you know, going around the world and dealing with supervillains and uprisings and stuff. It is basically that game. You could reskin it very easily, um, but with War of the Chosen, it's it's leaning in so hard to this idea that soldiers, each individual soldier, has abilities and powers that are quite extraordinary so so your job in the game is to figure out how best to use them so it's stopped being about firing guns which you know it was originally a game where you shot at aliens and now it's a game where you manipulate the environment in different ways and use special abilities and usually the worst option is just to fire a gun because there's usually something smarter that you can do um and yeah i think it's i think it's brilliant and it's it's found an identity that is entirely its own at this point it's it, its relationship to the old original XCOM is is kind of severed completely now. It's 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 very much its own game, um, and I think that there's there's a really interesting uh, split between the way that this game has gone and the way that uh, Julian Gollop, who made the original XCOM, is taking his version of this, which is called Phoenix Point, uh, which we did a big preview of last year, um, and. Uh, Julian Gollop's take on it is he's interested in simulation so he's interested in building a world which reacts and exists and has rules that simulate it and you know it's it's a place where it's a, a rules driven place a bit like something like Crusader Kings um, whereas uh, Firaxis and Jake Solomon are making something which is much more like a board game where it's here are your powers and your abilities and the aliens have their own powers and abilities, and you play against each other. It's you know it's you versus them. Uh, whereas with Phoenix Point, Julian Gold is much more interested in dropping you into a world and saying the world is simulated around you. Try and survive in it rather than try to win the game necessarily. Uh, and it's just it's fascinating to me that you have the same starting point, but you've just completely two divergent development paths and two different philosophies of design. So yeah, that's. But yeah, it's it's excellent. War of the Chosen. I think that because I loved XCOM two. I know a lot of people had mixed feelings about it. I thought that XCOM two did a lot of very interesting things, and most of them it did very well. Uh, some people didn't like some of the things it was doing with the time missions, with the complexity of some of the strategy stuff. Which, and I say complexity, I think some people found it messy rather than interestingly complex. Um, I think this probably fixes a lot of those problems if people did have them. For me, 
it builds on all the stuff I did like. Interesting. Um, is that out now? As of uh, it's on Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Brendy, what have you been playing? I think you've been playing Absolver. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I've been playing Absolver. It is a multiplayer martial arts game uh, that is pretty far from fantasy. It's basically kind of a Dark Souls type land. You run around. Uh, you meet other players in the same way. They'll like pop into your game, and you'll pop into theirs. There are little meditation stones that act as bonfires and save your progress and stuff like that. But it's got none of the fantasy monsters, or none of the, or as far as I've got through it anyway, none of the creatures or big scary things. It's just skinny people in nice clothes um, who know how to punch you in ways that you don't know. Um, and your whole goal is to get to I think it's like a high tower in 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 the town we've got a review of it on the website by Fraser and he says the story is actually very very short um, the meat of the game is just in learning all the different schools of martial arts uh, so you have like you're asked to choose between three different types of martial art to begin with and one of them's like very strong at blocking incoming punches another one is good at parrying them and uh, kind of counteract, counter-attacking. And then a third one is good at kind of just dodging to, you know, getting out of the way, being fast and dexterous. And I went for, like, the dexterous kung fu one. And so far I'm having a really good time. Yeah, I've played maybe three hours of it. Uh, it, it has very satisfying punch noises. They're, they're really, really meaty. How is it... Um in terms of so when when people sort of say oh it's a it's a martial arts game or you know things like that uh, and it's a little bit like difficult and you need to master the things um is for honor a useful touchstone for this or is it like so not anything to do with that game it is a useful touchstone and i'm glad to have you remind me of it because <laughs> one of the things that i've been thinking as I read reviews and hear people talk about it is that they always mention the Dark Souls kind of comparison where you're running through this world and people come in and out um, but they've a lot of people neglecting to mention For Honor and how similar it is to that um, it, 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 For Honor I think is more f- almost more friendly to you. I think For Honor is very good at um, kind of telegraphing its attacks and stuff like that it has a lot of UI over the top of it to you know you'll see an incoming attack because a big red arrow flashes you know on one side of your screen but that doesn't happen in absolver um you actually have to watch the body and the hands and the feet and the movement of your opponent and kind of just uh anticipate what they're going to do in a very fighting game kind of way you know in a very like beat em up kind of way so I think it'll appeal more to people who are kind of hardcore fighting game nerds rather than a, a more open uh, audience of like For Honor, people who who love For Honor. That said, it, it does have networking problems in the same way that For Honor had networking problems. I don't think it's as bad, but I have heard people saying that they've had real, real problems with lag and issues like that. Um, sometimes the characters will just stop punching you like their bodies will stop animating and they'll just hold this kind of funny 
1930s boxers pose with their fists up <laughs> but their their limbs will be completely invisible and you'll just be getting hit in the face and you don't know how they're moving or how they're acting oh, um, how weird. and that happens yeah i've had that happen to me a couple of times but i haven't had as many disconnections and stuff like that as for honor has had there are weaknesses and i'll find them more as i go along um like all the in dark souls and game and and the other souls games you you can kind of kite enemies towards you you like take you you take a step towards them and they go oh i i I don't like you i don't like you and they'll come towards you like you know like an angry animal Mm. and they'll they'll kind of follow you and you can keep kind of provoking them and taking them further and further from the place that they usually stand um to get into kind of a safe zone to fight them um in absolver that's much more difficult the lines at which they stop and turn around and go back to their original position are very very concrete and sometimes and it's designed to aggro like four people at once a lot of the time and when you're fighting four ai foes you can't single them out in as helpful a way as like arkham knight or you know in as fluid a way as arkham knight or I don't know another game like that like uh, Assassin's Creed or whatever it's not as fluid it's not as intuitive when you're trying to do that the camera doesn't go up and around your character to kind of show you what's going on around you it just stays fixed at your back basically and to switch lock-ons between characters is kind of fiddly it involves two buttons rather than one Um, it's just kind of yeah it has all these little flaws that I feel could be patched out and like eased away if they can it would be great because the fighting in it is splendid like it's so so satisfying to just sidestep somebody's kick and they kind of slow down and then you just deck them in the side of the head and you just feel like you feel like bruce lee you know um (laughs) i've i've played about three hours of it and um i i think it's the best fighting system i've ever played i adore it and you did a um, preview, just, didn't you? Yeah, I, I played it, like, the first time I played it was a couple of years ago. And right then I was like, this is going to be pretty amazing if they pull it off. And I'm still not convinced that they've entirely pulled it off in terms of the the structure around it. Uh, a lot of the stuff Brendan's saying I totally agree with, and I've, I've not finished the story yet. Um, but I love the way it looks, and I I just love the, the combat. And I... The, I'm terrible at actual beat 'em ups. I can't play them. Um, I don't understand them. I think the the thing that I really like about Absolver is that um, I'm essentially learning how to fight at the pace my character is because you start off and your character isn't a particularly interesting fighter, and then as you play, you learn, uh, and your character's learning new skills, and then you get to learn them along with your character. So uh, you're not thrown in and expected to suddenly know how to do martial arts you know you're thrown in and you know how to punch and how to kick yeah, yeah. and then as you go along you, you essentially create your own fighting system yeah like, that's, i think it's just that's the main draw isn't it like uh, the way the way that you learn moves and attacks is that you meet a person like an either another player or an ai fighter who knows an attack you don't and say it's like a big hit with their elbow like a big powerful like elbow smack to the top of the head or something they'll do that at you and if you dodge it or block it you learn it a little bit and you kind of see this little circular meter tick up you know a little bit and once that circular meter is full after so many after fighting so many people who know that move 
um, you will learn it and you can add it to it's called like a deck of moves and you can basically just swap out what the only buttons you ever press really are X and Y to attack uh, one's like a you know quick attack and one's like a stronger stance switching attacks um, but you can change those in you know in a pause menu basically and change what your the combos that you can put together uh, so yeah the further you go on the more you fight the more you learn and it gets to the point where you're fighting someone you don't really want them to die because you want them to keep doing the move against you <laughs> and you j you just kind of dodge them for ages and like try to block them and like goad them into teaching you how to do this cool kick that they're doing and if you add up like all the stuff you know, Pip, you can see that there's a really interesting social aspect to this, because if I have been playing it for a while and you are a newcomer to the game, we can deliberately just spar together so I can teach you the stuff I know. Oh, that's cool. And that's great. It's like, you know, you can actually just be like a generous teacher in the game. You can even set up like a dojo so people can come to you to learn from you. Mm. And, um, and there's this really nice thing because not only... Again, there's a, a, a neat parallel because if, if you picked it up tonight and you were like, okay, I want to play Absolver, then you could come meet my character in the game. You can actually learn skills from that character while we're chatting on Skype and I'm teaching you how to play the game alongside that. And there's this really lovely thing because there's not many games where that happens, I don't think, where you're learning fairly complex systems at the same pace that your character is learning those systems. And I think it's just, it's really, really amazing. Uh, I really can't speak highly enough of it. I think the the central core design of it is just it's it's really really special. That sounds really cool. Like I kind of every time people get super into either a a fighting game or a a combat game of some kind, I do wish that I was better at them so that I could get those feelings that they describe so well. Because um, my partner is super into stuff like that, and and sort of um, he ended up working his way up um not only in for honor but what was the other one like something steel maybe or there was another one that was essentially like a, a blade symphony and oh, okay. he ended up like getting really good at that and so and and it was amazing to sort of hear the stories of how that stuff works or how um the the relationships between people who are learning and people who are teaching in some capacity like play out and that was always awesome it's just it's yeah. i guess it's like when you guys are listening to me wanging on about mobas it's like oh that sounds great <laughs> and that is a really interesting thing that i am never going near what i would really like is for uh bioware to do jade empire 2 and get these guys on board to do all the actual combat oh that would be that would be nice yeah. wouldn't it um, because that is, I think, one of the weaknesses of Absolver is that the, there's no real story to it that's very discernible or And I think it's, it could it's... be a strength. Like, I mean, it feels like that they're, they're almost mean, trying to pretend it's a strength. It's like it's all minimalist and it's yeah. like, but I don't think it is. I don't I don't buy that, though, like, because it, it feels like they're going for, oh, we've kept the story out because we want to keep it minimalist. And it does feel very minimalist, but actually it just feels like uh, guys, you, you forgot to put the story in because it, it's clear that there's the environments are beautiful. There are there is kind of a a, a narrative of sorts, like a skeleton of of a narrative that you can see. You start as a something called a prospect who's like a nobody in rags, and you get given a mask, and then you have to go and prove yourself to become an absolver, whatever that is. 
Um, but but that's like, it. Do like, you actually it, get it, to grant absolution to anybody? I don't know, but maybe absolution is granted to you via fighting. One of the cool things, though, that I really, really like in it, and it comes back to the um, kind of social aspect that Adam's talking about, teaching teaching each other, is that it, it's it's a lot more friendly in in a non-griefing way than, say, Dark Souls. Because every fight I've had with another person, bar one, you meet another person, they buy for you, like you do this little emotes and you buy to each other, they in they like even invite you into a fight. Like there's a button that you press to say like start a fight to make sure that there's no miscommunication or misunderstanding. And then after if you die or if you kill them, the you can go up to the other character who's dead on the floor and you revive them and the, the revive animation is just you kind of putting your hand down and like picking them up by the hand. So just like grabbing them up and like launching them back up into the air and then you buy to each other again and then you go on your separate ways or you like partner up to beat the NPCs up. And I've had that happen time and time again and it just feels so, it just feels so, uh, what's the word, like um, courteous, but yeah, like in yeah. a genteel kind of honourable kind of way. Somebody I know or, uh, was talking on Twitter about it. I think it was on Twitter, but some, somebody was talking about playing it and said that they'd got into a few rounds of combat with a stranger they'd met and at one point, um, uh, one of them used like an error of effect attack and knocked the other one off the side of a cliff. So it was like a one-hit kill. And oh. they'd been like having these really interesting rounds of combat together and then just knocked him off the cliff. And the other guy respawned and just walked up to him and just shook his head. And then they never did it again. He was like, okay, I'll take that move out of my repertoire. And I was like, that's so nice, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like the opposite of... Yeah. And I don't know if we need to bleep this, but I was going to say teabagging, because that feels... It's not a swear word, but it's probably not <laughs> family-friendly. But <laughs> it's like it feels like the opposite of that etiquette that you get in a lot of shooters, where people will yeah, sort of yeah. try and but... use emotes or whatever to disrespect your your corpse. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, my favorite one for stuff like that is is still For Honor because um, For Honor did have groups of players who had a, an honor system, and there were all these rules in the honor system, like oh, you can't throw people off ledges or into um, obstacles like spikes or pits or anything like that. You can't uh, use special abilities, like you can't throw ranged weapons. You can't do all this stuff. Um, you just have to have a straight up fight, you know, mano a mano. Um, but I like that because you would get some people who seem to be obeying those rules at the start and then would just whip out an axe and throw it at your head. <laughs> and it's like in the moments that the rules break, it reinforces the the beauty of the the rules actually being in, put in place by human beings yeah. who don't have to abide by them. But in Absolver, it feels like if you don't abide by them, not only are you a bit of a jerk, you're actually going against what the game is kind of guiding you to do. I think Absolver is just better at making people be nice. It's better built mm. for that. Mm. So that's... I, th I feel like it's been a very good week for games in terms of interesting things coming out and there's like... It's been a heck of a week, After yeah. a... Yeah. Not exactly a drought, but after, you know, that summer lull, it's, it's quite a... 
a lot on everybody's plates, which is quite nice, actually. Um, shall we? Shall we do some questions before we wrap up? Yeah, it's, it's really just a couple, actually, um, and they are Destiny and XCOM themed. Um, so to you, Pip, uh, and. We may have already answered this in a way, but this is from Cynical Cucumber. <laughs> uh, what is the biggest selling feature for Destiny 2 for those who never played it before? Um, three words, three words like you did to us. Oh, God. <laughs> um, intense character customization or like weapon customization. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, the customization of characters and weapons is is uh, certainly that that works for me. And refining, refining your builds. That's a thing, maybe. You're like the back of a box, Pip. <laughs> ICC, intense character customization. Um, and this is from Alex Vaughan, who's a regular reader and listener, Lexus87 on Twitter, and a hateful FPS question. Oh dear. Um, 60 frames per second on PC compared to 30 on console. Is it a big enough deal? I'm not going to ask you to answer this if you don't want to, Pip. Uh, but basically Alex is saying is, is it worth giving a damn about the difference between 30 and 60? Does it bother you at all? Uh, I'm guessing not, considering No, I think it's one of those things where if if you're the sort of person where it genuinely bothers you or impacts your play, obviously pick the one that you're comfy with, but otherwise yeah. if it's not a make or break thing for you as a player I would suggest go with the platform that your friends are on if you're considering getting it because yeah. that's the far bigger attraction like you know if, if friends you... before frame rates <laughs> if you get like the best frame rate in the world but no one wants to raid with you that's not the best experience of destiny <laughs> uh, and I would just add to that we'll put a link into a feature that Alec wrote where he tried it out on four different graphics cards, I think. So he's done a pretty in-depth look at how it runs on various bits of equipment, uh, which should be useful. Um, and he got it running on a laptop on integrated graphics, which amazed me. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. Uh, and then there's one for me, which is uh, Ben Coleman, at O'Coleman on Twitter. He says, what future changes or improvements would your panellists like to see on the XCOM formula, what's left to iterate on? Now, um, I think that uh, XCOM 2 has probably gone as far as it's going to go. The other way that they could expand it um, and keep with uh, XCOM's past is to uh, explore the sea and do a Terror from the Deep expansion. You've got that whole part of the world which is still untouched at the minute and they've teased that already. Uh, that they will do that. Um, I can see that happening. I can see XCOM 2 possibly getting another expansion. Uh, personally, I think that, uh, and again, I've already kind of talked about this uh, earlier, but I think that I'd rather not see an XCOM 3 straight away. I'd rather they did an XCOM-style game in a completely different setting. Um, Julian Gollop talked about wanting to do a like paranormal investigation game that was XCOM-like, which I'd love to see. I'd love to see something Hellboy-like. Um, or again the the superhero idea I think you know do something that's similar in rule set but uh, just change the setting have a different theme because I think that the XCOM 
well will run dry. Anyway, shall we draw a line under this podcast? <laughs> yeah, firmly. Awesome. Um, if you would like to send us a question, uh, we can field questions on things that aren't Destiny 2 or indeed XCOM expansions, so do feel free to drop us a line. It's podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can find us on the internet on our lovely website, which is rockpapershotgun.com. On the various social medias, we are at Rock Paper Shot because Shotgun is slightly too long and sometimes also taken, which is annoying. Um, and individually, we are, I am, at Philippa War, which is P H I L I P P A W A R R. I think I stopped paying attention to how I was spelling that about halfway through. Um, Brendan, who are you? Uh, I'm at Brendy underscore C. And Adam. I am non-economical. Um, yeah, and if you have any idea for uh, any themes you would like us to revolve an entire podcast around, we didn't do one this week because we had too many games to talk about, but you can also send your suggestions for those. I think that's everything. Shall we say goodbye? I think we should. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Brendan, I look forward to worshipping in that cathedral next Tuesday. I don't believe in you, and I'm looking forward to you admitting that you were wrong. <laughs>